Welcome back to Cast Me to Hell with me, Seb. And me, Robbie. And this week, episode 34, uh, is our family-friendly horror. So, um, we are now in Halloween week. This is the uh, second to last of our little treats for you this Halloween season. Um, If you know, last year, uh, Halloween week, we did some alternative uh, Halloween recommendations. This year, we are back with some more uh, alternative ones. But this was actually an episode that was suggested to me by my brother, who has recently had a young child. Um, and um, shout out Sophie. Um, and he suggested we do an episode about family-friendly horrors. Yeah. So we kind of went to the drawing board and we, we had a little look at what we could see. And we thought, well, what are some good family-friendly horror films that you can give as an introduction to some younger kids? Maybe, you know, toddlers or a little bit yeah. older to <laughs> kind of before the preteens. Yeah. I mean, yeah, so toddlers might be a bit of a, like, a, it's they're going to be PG-friendly. Yeah, um, but they're, they're going to have a few, it might be a few moments that are like, kind of creepy a few moments where one character is extremely scary or it might just be that the overall tone of the the like a children's film but it's quite dark for a children's film i think is quite a lot or maybe they are playing up on horror but that's something that's normally known to be accessible for a child yeah um we are trying to stay away from some of the bigger ones as well aren't we yeah, there are there are a few of the, the the larger kind of well known. So there are certain ones, obviously. So obviously, la- at Christmas last year we did our uh, festive festive frighteners, um, and we had I think on there if it didn't get mentioned, it probably got mentioned in some form. So ones that would be accessible that people do also call Halloween films or Christmas films, and they kind of. I'm not quite sure where to fit them. Yeah. So Edward Scissorhands, which although. Yes, it's got all of the beautiful snow and things like that. Doesn't actually take place at Christmas, so therefore, people some people say it, it could be more of a Halloween film. Uh, Gremlins does take place at Christmas, and I, that's why the Romans say it's a Christmas horror film. Yeah, but some people still like to watch it as well at Halloween time, and this one definitely, obviously, for a good reason, a nightmare before Christmas is yeah. both. It's it is both. both. It's Halloween, Christmas. It's whether you want. If you're a person that starts Christmas really early, then this right now is you doing Halloween to, to begin November yeah. <laughs> is your Christmas. And all three of those are family friendly, aren't they? They're, yeah, they're, they've all got elements of like scary parts, you know, whether they're animated, whether they've got creatures. I mean, the gremlins, you know, obviously are, are creepy and scary and have moments that could be really terrifying to a child, but not to the point where it's like, oh my God, they can't keep watching this. It's normally moments of yeah. terror, not full on horror and there's no real gore or things like that in those scenes you know what i mean the most you get with say gremlins was like the bl- blending up the gremlins yeah it's <laughs> the gremlins getting bodies yeah <laughs> exactly know? but the rest of it is normally not actually and let's say with edward Cinnahans, i mean it's not even technically completely a horror it's just more the ideas the darkness of tim yeah. burton's vision makes it almost horror central and the the, you know the leather spandex kind of yeah, <laughs> the yeah. you know the leather and the blades kind of give you a kind of very vibe even if the film itself is not really 
you know, it scared me when I was a little baby. But that's what I mean. He looks scary, but it's you know, it's more about accepting people who look different. (laughs) Yes, it is. Whereas you couldn't accept. (laughs) (laughs) I I accept nothing. (laughs) I accept nothing. Even now, I reject none. (laughs) I reject reality as as it is. You know what I mean? Um, I mean, it's it's interesting because like um, it's weird because um, you mentioned about like your brother, and that's what kind of brought it back into our heads. And yet, um, w- when I listen, so I, uh, a few like two episodes ago, we mentioned this, and I did use this as a link. So for both two episodes we did ago, we did our best TV horror shows, yeah. And then in this episode, we're doing our family friendly horror shows. And yet, the one a year ago that you mentioned the alternative horror recommendations from last year. Um, we actually, and again, we've mentioned this again, so go and check it out if you haven't already from last year, because there's a good horror lineup last year it for is. Halloween. Um, other episodes to see as well. Um, we did actually discuss family-friendly horror in that episode. Yeah. So we, we talked about TV shows and we talked about horror. So this is this year we've kind of brought both of those to life. <laughs> um, so we did talk about them. And the reason I'm also mentioning this is because we mentioned three films that were going to be and might be Okay, they might be on your list. It's fine if they're on your list, but I still think it's worth saying these are why I didn't choose these specific films. I didn't choose certain films that which were going to be on my list. So last year I mentioned the film Monster House, yeah, which is a great animation, uh, but not many people had seen it. So I mentioned it last year, but we talked about it for a little bit in that episode, and I thought, you know what, we've kind of mentioned it. I won't do that as one of my choices. That's I thought that was going to be you one know, of your choices. That was one of my choices. And, and then I listened back to the episode. I was like, you know what? I'm talking about this quite a bit. So yeah. let's cross it off. If you've listened to the episode before, if not, go back and listen to that episode. It's, and if not, just go and watch Monster House. It's a great choice. Arachnophobia was another one I put on, that I had on mine and okay. I took it off when I heard I talked about arachnophobia and I decided, yeah, if I've talked about it before, and this was more me talking. So that's why I'm saying if Rob has any of these choices on his, then that's fine because he can give it because he didn't you didn't really give him too much of a perspective on that one. No. Arachnophobia you did a bit though. That's a nice dark, but it's not too dark. No, but not. obviously if you're scared of spiders, it's terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> and then our almighty classic, and this is the one where I think you might mention this one, but I don't know. We'll find out in a minute. Uh, Scooby Doo. No, we've mentioned Sco- it's not on your list. It's not. Okay. I would, well, it then, should have been. Then let's have a second. We talked about it then, but let's have a second. Scooby Doo's fucking amazing. <laughs> Scooby Doo's class, and I that mean- is. Child friend—that's horror of child friendly. That's absolute class, you know. It? But it's got—it has got spooky moments. Yes, it's more of a comedy, just like Scooby Doo. I mean, any Scooby Doo, even if you watch the classic animated ones. The new one, Scoob's not so good. <laughs> Some people might like it with their family. It's got so good bits, but it kind of mashes together the Hanna Barbera world, yeah, into like lots of characters, and it's okay. It's not. It's nothing on. It's nothing on Melvin too. <laughs> yeah, Melvin too is an absolute. <laughs> um, it should have just been about him. Yeah, that's what I mean. So we absolutely love that. It's got some great twists. It's almost like your first, like, whodunit as well. Yeah. You know, it's it's the first one you do, like, being an adult watching, like, Scream and stuff and be like, oh, absolutely, I would love this. And then where does it come from? Probably Scooby-Doo. But Matthew Lillard is in both. Exactly. There's the <laughs> link. Sarah Michelle Gellar is in the second Scream. She so. is, yeah. And she's in the second Scooby-Doo. Yeah. Exactly. And even if you look more into the Scooby-Doo cinematic universe, you'll find that they, they do a lot of... Um, cartoon uh full length features as well which are good yeah and the show itself you know it has these horror tropes and kind of has some amazing looking um you know uh like kind of scenery that is set in you know swamps haunted houses mines all of this kind of stuff and then the villains you always get are always really cool you know i'll always remember this the the pterodactyl one 
You oh, get yeah. all the ghosts. You I know, love the, the, the fact that they recreate in the first one that the opening scene of it is is so badass. There, um, a lot of people were always like, "Oh, they should have done that as the main villain in the first one." But you know, I, I like the whole Rowan Atkinson Scrappy Doo thing. I, I've kind yeah. of got used to knowing it. But the ghost that is at the beginning of the film, which is the classic, pretty much one of the most classic yeah. at that point remembered from the animated one, where it has the ghost kind of haunting them. He looks so perfectly realized from animation to yeah. real life it's it's so it's so good so yeah but again even, it's also a well-known and a lot yeah. of people have seen it so. I'll, even, I'll even shout out um you know monsters unleashed oh yeah I, I i like the second one just as much scooby-doo dancing james, with an afro i mean i think i, I feel like we've said, uh, we've said this before but i mean james gunn you've got power now make number three yeah <laughs> make number three we could have an older disgruntled <laughs> scooby-doo is now an alcoholic scooby-doo logan for scooby-doo yeah, logan. But with james gunn's style you know turns out the melvin do twist is important to the story it is it always was even back then <laughs> melvin do was the true monster the he stayed he stayed quiet for 20 years <laughs> which you only get that if you've watched the film so if you haven't go and watch the scooby do fucking do it <laughs> we should swear as much as he's family friendly it's okay it, well, i said this at the start of it this is a family friendly list of horror but please do not get confused that this is a family-friendly podcast. This is for all the people out there who love their horror and think, what am I going to watch with my kids this? We don't have kids. No. But what we, we have we have pets children. Um, but what are we going to watch with our kids this Halloween? And we know there's a lot of people out there who have it. We have a friend who's about to be in this position as well, who's about yeah. to have the baba any time now. Potentially by the time this is out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or at a Halloween party. Exactly, yeah. The Halloween to remember. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so we're just thinking now, yeah, let's think about that. And just like people like your brother, he might want to, to watch this Halloween, but with his kids, who, what do you introduce them to horror with? What kind of ones? And yes, some of the ones we mentioned. And there are classic ones that you absolutely should. And we'll, we'll, I've got extra ones that I will read out at the end when I know what. Yeah. When we know what both of ours are. And in some cases, when I have 100%, because you know me, when I've cemented what yeah. I definitely want to do. You change it on the spot. I do change it very quickly on the spot. I think I know exactly what I want. And also, just for the rule, uh, for, for the rule, obviously, there wasn't a major rules with this one. We were quite open to anything family-friendly and anything yeah. that was horror. Um, for me, so we did say that that could have been, and I don't know if you chose any, but it could be TV or or um it could be a TV kind of horror or it could be a film horror. So it could be either. Yeah. I don't know if which if you went for TV as well, but obviously because we did recently do a TV horror, but that was more adult. And there were a few that I just, there was one choice where I was like, I had to, I have to choose that. Yeah. <laughs> as I, my, my go-to as from a child until this day of, I watched that at Halloween and I would have watched it when I was a kid as well. Yeah. So. I wonder if I'll know what yours were. Because <laughs> I, I tried to, um, I tried to stay away from, um some of the bigger known ones so yeah. there is there's obvious stuff like the adams family yeah so um, i yeah i didn't go adams family adams family Adams family values both great choices um did you go hocus pocus no i didn't go hocus, no, pocus. So hocus pocus and that was one and i think that's one that charlotte was like you should choose hocus pocus and i was like i mean i i like hocus pocus um and i know people love it but it's also it's 100 percent a disney if you're going for a disney Hall halloween film it's hocus pocus 
Yeah. Everybody knows Hocus Pocus, Bette Midler, old thing. It's a great little Halloween with a great little mystery behind it, you know, and it is very dark at times for a film, and they are making a sequel to it. So that is out yeah, for next that. year, I believe. Uh, exclusively, I believe, for Disney+. Plus. But, um, yeah, so all of those things, but I knew that everyone knows Hocus Pocus. It's yeah. like the go-to kind of kids' horror. But there are other ones that I think get forgotten about. Yeah. Um, and, the, yeah. As we'll talk about a few more as we get in there. Well, so, I think you, you want kicked, to start? Yeah, you kicked off the I last kicked off last time. So, when we did something like this, I mean, so you start me off. Yeah. This time. And yet you again, I will start you off. Yeah. And yet family again, friendly. family friendly. <laughs> no I mean, innuendos. It, no innuendos are a part of family yeah, friendly, are. you know? Um, if you already the parents hear. parents know, but the children don't. Yeah, that's it. Um, so, my first one, I was originally actually going to go for. A, a film that I love dearly, Sleepy Hollow. However, I spoke <laughs> about it in the last alternative horror recommendations. You did. So <laughs> I did it. So I went for a different Tim Burton. And I went for Corpse Bride ah, from the kind of yes. mid-2000s. I can't yeah. remember the exact year it came out. I think it was about 2005, I think. It was somewhere around that. Um, but it's, it, it kind of has this feeling of being, you know, a children's film. Um, so it's it's stop motion, which yeah, again we know that Tim Burton kind of excels at. It yeah. it has kind of strong gothic imagery. Mm. Um, it has obviously it has you know um, strong kind of horror vibes to it. We get you know we go to the land of the uh, of the undead, and we kind of have all these kind of not particularly gruesome looking monsters or undead, but you know we do see skeletons and we see all these kind of fun little creatures that we get in um that we get in tim burton films so we get you know like a talking maga and we get all this kind of stuff which is which is kind of gruesome but it's done in a kind of very family friendly and child friendly way um the the cast is absolutely class which i always (laughs) forget about but obviously we know it's got uh johnny depp in it and and Helen of Bonham Carter. I mean, you know, it's, it's Tim Burton. Burton. <laughs> it has to have either of those two. <laughs> it's like Rob Zombie, isn't it? You know, it's always going to have Sherry Moon in it. Except, um, except two are, are actually world class actors in yes. one, <laughs> one, yeah. um, one film. Let's be kind. <laughs> but yeah, we'll be kind. It's, it's the season of Halloween. We'll be kind. Um, we have um, Emily Watson as well, who yeah. um, is a is another kind of great. Un- She's, I mean, she's obviously a big actress, but she's, she's one of those people who flies under the radar quite Yeah, often. she is. She's, she's underrated. She's underrated for what she is. She's, um, she was in Red. We were mentioned Red Dragon recently in the best uh, about like Cannibal and stuff like that. She's in that film. Yeah, um, yeah. She's, uh, it's, it's hard. She's, if you've seen the TV show Chernobyl, she was in that, which is fucking amazing. Yeah. Uh, a lot of swearing in this. Episode. It is. She, <laughs> she just gives. She always gives out. A strong performance, kind of yeah. whatever role she's, she's like. In. If there's a, if it's, if we're talking like female, you know, it's weird because you think of them quite. You tend to think of men in this situation more, but we've talked before about character actors. Yeah, the character actors quite often are the better actors. <laughs> like they're the yeah. ones that can always change up roles, but they get classed into character actors because they're not always as they don't. People don't remember them as much, probably because they don't play the same character again and again yeah. and again. She's very much that. She's a character actor. She will appear in a film. 
and you know she will embody whatever she needs to be for that film. She won't just be a I'll just shoehorn this in. Kind yeah, of thing. and there are, we tend to figure men more than that than women, but she is definitely that. Not saying that Johnny Depp isn't a character actor because he plays lots of character, but let's be honest. Around the nineties, yes, he played lots of different characters. By the time he came Jack Sparrow, he played Jack Sparrow, and then a variation of that role again and again. Yeah, <laughs> but it's, so he's different in this one. In voice acting, he's better. Yeah, and that's the interesting thing is you can get a lot of great actors. There are people. There are, there are people who are good actors, but they struggle with voice acting. I mean, for yeah. instance, the one, ones that I'm that come to mind is um, is like um, Matthew Perry in Fallout New Vegas. You know, oh yeah, his, yeah. his performance just always kind of feels so flat. You get a lot of these kind of people who are used to doing a lot of acting. Um, but not so much the kind of voice acting side. And Emily Watson is one of those people who could always do a great voice acting. You yeah. know, she could always do that. Because it, I, I guess because you're not using the... You don't have the camera, and you're not having to portray with your body. It's all tone, and it's all... Yeah. But if you look at what the really good ones look like, they still are doing exactly that as yeah. if they were acting in front of someone. They're still their body. Like if we the the best, I mean the best probably the best voice acting animated performance probably sort like Robin Williams as the genie in Aladdin. Or yeah, absolutely. Class. You know what I mean? But his body, his face, thing. He's still doing everything. He's completely still it's like there. there's know? a camera. There, he isn't is it? there. He basically is the character, but that. I think that's where, with some voice actors, it does get a little bit lost. Where they think, "Oh, this is just what I can just go into the booth and just say the lines," and I can. No. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. work because you're not trying to be anything more than just read a line. And I think yeah. some sometimes we do get that with certain voice and animated and voice roles and things like that. But then you also got um, Joanna Lumley who, oh, do, who does great. great, Richard E. Grant, who's another kind of great distinctive voice actor, and then um, amongst others. Christopher Lee, yeah. you know, who does give a, a deliver a strong performance. I mean, like by this point in time, this is very much Chris. Uh, this is very much um, Tim Burton's go tos. A lot of these people that you look on this list are in loads of his different, yeah. kind of, especially around this time. So, like Christopher Lee and Johnny Depp, obviously, this around two thousand five, I believe. Uh, right? Yeah, it is two thousand five. So this is the same year that um, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory was released. Yeah. The remake, which again, there's another good horror suggestion because Johnny Depp's fucking terrifying. <laughs> he is um, isn't he? in a weird way, <laughs> in a very strange way. I don't know what his choice of person, but it, it seems like he was in. <laughs> he was trying to be someone He's very to kill uh, musical. Yeah, uh, someone who's got a very big musical background, but also a background that was very class towards wrongdoings to children. So yeah, um, but yeah, uh, Christopher Lee was in that as well. Um, I think no, Emily. I, I swear, Emily Watson. Not in that one. No, that's I don't know Helen, I'm mixing her up with Helen Bonham Carter in my head because, of course, Helen Bonham Carter is course, in any yes. role. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then, but uh, I'm just thinking of another one that was around the same time, which is called Big Fish. Yeah. I almost feel that's your screen's touch from. Yeah. Uh, Big Fish. Um, and Albert Finney is in that film. Joanna Lumley's in that film. That's also got Hugh McGregor in it, which is a great, like, different yeah. kind of. It's still weird, but it's Tim Burton. These are all, like, fantastic, like, actors that he's just built a roster because. By this point in time, he was like unstoppable. He was at his he could peak, do whatever he you know. Um, and then we also have Danny Elfman returning to do the score, like um, like he does with pretty much all Tim Burton stuff. Yeah, Batman, you know, he's up there with, for me. He's up there with kind of Hans Zimmerman and John, John Williams. Williams. Yeah, he's, he's you know he, these great orchestral sounding um, yeah. scores. But then he there's also some original written musical numbers, which are great. You know, I think the one of the 
you can have a, an amazing kids film, but what brings a kids film up more for me is when it has great musical numbers, you know? Yeah. Like a lot of the, I don't like a lot of the, um, I don't really, I don't watch a lot of the Disney films. I haven't watched any new Disney films for a long time because it's not really my thing. But the ones that I watched growing up with, the main number, the main musical numbers will just stick with me, you know? Yeah, yeah. Because they're absolute, they're just bangers. Yeah, most, <laughs> most of the good ones are that. So, what off the top of my head, I absolutely love Hercules. Hercules got a Hercules, class. Number. And it's got a banging soundtrack. Yes. Yeah. It just draws you in every time. Even say Beauty and the Beast, because the, the Beauty music and Beast. is fantastic. Gaston. Um, yeah, so all of that is what Aladdin. Makes it kind of strong. Yeah, they those nineties one hit out of the park. Some of the modern one days, to be fair, do also have some great soundtracks and is what kind of raises them up. Um, not just the frozen of things, but some yeah. of them actually had like stronger stories and music. Um but um one one thing I know I, I I love Tim Burton's weird twisted. Like he started yeah. by doing little doodles like this in his notebooks. He used to he did one, which is another good one, which is Frank and Weenie. Yeah, uh, but he also did the original, like a, a, a short version, a live action short version of it before he ever made a little animated version. Um, and you can see right then just the twistedness of his kind of style. That's one of his earliest things he did, and the twistedness of his kind of his imagery and in like obviously a nightmare before Christmas is produced by him, but not actually directed by Tim Burton. Yeah. Um, but it's the same kind of styles. Here, yeah. You know I mean, the same kind of weird monsters, musical numbers, funny little characters that you're just like, that's so twisted. Yeah. It's this kind of like twistedness, but in a playful way, you know? Yeah. So you do, I mean, if we're looking at, um, at something like nightmare on Elm street, you know, the boogeyman, being a sack full of worms and yeah exactly it's kind of boogie, boogie. yeah when you watch it you're kind of like it it's it it borderlines on gross if that if yeah. that had been a live action thing it would be gross yeah but because it's it's because it's shaped stop motion up in, animation and it, you know and it's colorful and it's friendly yeah. you're kind of I like, mean, obviously, if this, this cool. if this wasn't animated this wouldn't be family friendly no. because <laughs> this would be dark and you would have a man bride it has <laughs> It has body parts falling off. It has like open grave kind of things. Yeah. It has all of these like rotting corpses and like all of those little things are in there. But they're animated, so they're fine. They're fit. And this this is where family friendly gets a lovely little area to a, a, a little murky zone where it's like it's fine because it's you an dip, animated version. You right? dip and it doesn't your toes look that in. real. Yeah. Because they're like their skin's like blue. It's like, no, that's not that's definitely not what we'd look like when you were dead. <laughs> yeah, you could dip your toe into a bit of horror with stuff like this, you know? Yeah, um, a great choice. And I think, you know, it, I, it is one of it's one of my favourite uh, Tim Burton films. I think it's it's just phenomenal. Um, and yeah, I, you know, I, I would definitely recommend it. Yeah, I've only I've, I've only seen it once in a long time ago, so I can't yeah. quite remember, but it was one of those I was, when I was thinking about these and I was looking certain ones up, I was like, oh yeah, Corpse Bride. I'm not, it's like, it wasn't my choice because it's not one that I'm kind of as drawn to, but I remember how good it was and yeah. I do now want to kind of revisit it. Right, it mine, and mine movie. is um, also, I would say, quite alternative, and Rob's going to see, because I'm going to put it in here. Well, I'm not going to, I'm going to close thine and eyes. And it is uh, Spirited Away. I've, oh, I've never seen this. Oh, what's going ah, on? Oh, there you go. It's, uh, it, you've, you've, I've <laughs> only recently watched it, so there's probably some people out there are like, how the fuck have you only watched this recently? It is I anime. Mean, it is, it's anime. It is Japanese, and it 
is um, oh, I, I know people, I've heard people say this name a million times, and I don't actually know how to we're pronounce gonna, it. Hayo uh, Maizaki, which is not the way you pronounce that. I one hundred percent bet you, but it's uh, Studio Studio Ghibli, I've heard uh, Studio which is um, has such an array of like amazing, which I had not watched most of them. <laughs> well, uh, you know what I mean. I've literally we said about like reaching into others, and I'm. This is not a straight-up horror animated, but in the same way that a lot of them we said have that murky darkness, strange yeah. figures, and scary scenes, this film has it absolutely. So I watched this. I had seen this before, like in like kind of parts, but I don't remember. Weirdly, this film used to get played around Christmas time. It used to get played like really early in the morning on Channel Four. Okay, um, and it's um, what's kind of happened because I've never. I mean, I'm. It's, I mean, yeah. it, it's one that, like, at first, it, it, like, when you watch it, you're like, what the, you're kind of like, what the hell is going on yeah. here? Because it's got so many themes and, and, but it's all kind of represents this, this little girl's journey. So she gets, she gets, she's meant to be moving to a new house and she gets separated from her, like, family and she travels, she kind of travels and she kind of goes on this kind of portal to another world kind of thing. And this other world is like where the spirits go when, they when you die when you get ripped yeah and it's it's got all of this character designs of all these weird like her parents become like pigs that are like meant to be eating at a trough and it's like because i think it's implied like if you if you were to eat from something that you're not meant to eat from then you will forever be like glutton yeah so it's glutton yeah and it plays off all of those kind of themes um which when you first view it it's like what and you have to take a little while to kind of like let it kind of just let all the visuals get into you and yeah. go, oh, I kind of, I can see, I see what we're doing with this as the film goes on and on. And she has to quickly become almost like, she almost becomes part of the, the way that the spirits come and go. She has to help the people that spirits travel into this kind of kingdom of like, it's kind of like a house kind of thing. This is why it's so hard. It's hard to describe kind of thing. And I'm not going to go to the plot purely because it's just like, it's still, I think would be really confusing. It's, it's almost hard to describe without seeing it. I think. Yeah, um, but it is just one of the songs where I promise you, you would start watching it and you'll be like, "What the hell is going on?" But you won't be able to look away because it's beautiful. The visuals are absolutely amazing. I mean, it's it is hugely critically acclaimed film. A lot, of, yeah. You know, I well, know lots of people who would have seen it. We have quite a few friends that absolutely love anime. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it just is this. It's. It had parts in the film where I was like, oh, this is really like, I I, I watched it again purely because it's on my list of 100 films that I mentioned yeah. before. Um, and I expected to be like, okay, this is just one. I'm just going to watch it. I just don't think this is for me at all. And by the end, I was like, literally like, I was both like, there were scenes when I was like, what the hell is that? Like, that is creepy as hell. Like, that's scary, like monster kind of coming out of the ground. This yeah. monster that, this almost kind of like greed that it comes in and, it like um, it's like it starts off as like a toad and gets into this kind of weird form creation and gets bigger and bigger and they want to keep feeding it and feeding it and feeding yeah. it and when he feeds it they'll give them money so more and more of them try to feed it and it's like as if it's taken all of the darkness in the world and things like that and they're kind of meant to be it, it's kind of like when spirits come in like some of them come from the other side they're almost covered in this kind of like horrible like sludge and things like that and the idea is that they're the almost the place that's meant to help them get cleaned up and get them like yeah. into their actual spirit form. It's like getting rid of all of that murk and grud, like like sludge that in your life, that all that badness, all yeah. that terrible things that have kind of built up over the years. And it's kind of like making your spirit fresh again. Yeah. 
And again, I'm not acting like that sounds like anything to me. It's like, what the hell are you describing? But um, it's it's characters are beautiful. The story by the end, you're like, oh wow, this is like I didn't expect it to take yeah. this kind of like turn. I didn't expect the, the child to go from such a kind of become such a mature kind of character as well. He the, the girl goes on such a journey in this film. Um, and we also it, it's it's emotional as well. It's like oh wow, yeah. I didn't expect to actually get a bit like wow, this is really is connected. And even though the the story kind of end ends, it doesn't end in like a necessarily sad way or anything like that. It's just the connection you kind of make with different spirits. Um, and it's also one of the few times where it's like I was watching a it's a, it's a, it is a dubbed one, but luckily with animation, it's easy to make it a bit better. Yeah, like you can tell it's not exactly the voice that's meant to be in there. But it's I normally hate that, and it's one where I actually was like, you yeah, okay. actually I get that. Yeah, because um, I mean, I think for, I'm I'm not overly versed in anime. I'll be honest. When I di- I kind of didn't watch it, and like you said, we have got quite a few friends who watch anime, and I know in particular kind of two podcasts that you know we listen to and we support, which would be um, Scary Friends, Scaring Friends, um, which is hosted by Philippe, and then. Um, you know, night of the podcast and dead. Um, the they, you know, they do watch a lot of anime. The the kind of hosts of that. Yeah. But it's something that I've kind of struggled with. My brother came back from um, Australia a couple of years ago, and he like loves anime. He might have seen this. He probably has. Um, he's holding down the fort in Australia for CMTH at the moment. <laughs> um, and when he came back, he came back for about a month, three weeks. And we watched some animes, and some of them I really clicked with. There was one like um, Baki, which was just about scrapping that yeah. I liked. Um, and there was there was another one that we watched. Um, can't remember its name, but for the most part, I've never really been able to connect with anime. But what I've heard is, especially Studio Ghibli stuff, is that it does it is it can be stuff that you can get quite emotionally attached to quite quite easy yeah. and quite well done in that aspect i think that it i think that this kind of anna is much more inaccessible and that's why I, I wouldn't put i wouldn't have mentioned this one if i didn't think that people would be able to find a way into it kind of thing. yeah otherwise i wouldn't say it's necessarily family friendly children won't care because children will watch children about watch anything, anything colorful and things like that children they don't watch, need to know the subjects yeah, but the they subjects watch the fucking movies yeah <laughs> like the movies are I mean. fucking weird and they watch that so children won't care, but it's it's also given them so that has it does have a bit more depth to it. But it's also this is anime that's much more accessible, and I know exactly the kind of anime that some of like the ones like I think I remember when you were talking about the kind of ones you watch. And there is I'm not an I'm not a big anime fan. There are some that I I really like uh, that I've seen, uh, but it's not something I'll go to. It's not my yeah. You know, it's not really not my kind of thing that I definitely I I wouldn't choose it over another kind of film yeah. necessarily. I maybe I'm just a bit mainstream uh, but as i said i am now trying to get into some of the studio ghibli ones because i found that they're quite easily more accessible the stories there they're weird but i don't mind that they're dark but i don't mind that yeah. but they're also yeah there's also more of like a clear story where sometimes i feel like they get very convoluted very like thing or sometimes they're just more action than they are story yeah <laughs> like but that's not me talking in general some people are like what the fuck are you on about oh yeah because i haven't watched that many of them so uh, <laughs> Yeah, you know, throw us some ones that you think are easily accessible ones. I know they've got a Netflix series on from uh, Cowboy Bebop coming out. Yeah, that's which like a I've live adaptation. I have seen yeah. a bit of like that before, and I didn't mind that. So I, I'll give the adaptation a go. And I was trying to like do the series, but I know that they're slightly more like 
kind of link a bit more to like a little bit more mainstream. I'm not saying these are mainstream in terms of they haven't taken inspiration. Spirited Away hasn't taken inspiration from um, American films and stuff, whereas I yeah. think Cowboy Bebop is a bit more kind of they've looked at other cultures kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, anyway, there's going to the point of that this is a, you know, beautifully drawn, uh, but it has moments of that are really, I think, could be scary. And it is about spirits. So it is, I'd say, 100% uh, would count as a Halloween kind of watch because it's spirited away. It's about spirits going from the other side of the dead and it's about your parents gluttony and turning into pigs. So, you that's know, pretty cool. you know, there's some cool things there. And yeah, that's my first and uh, alternative choice. Okay. <laughs> well, here is mine as we are talking spirits. Now, this is a film that I just randomly decided to watch. And I decided to watch it because I thought that it had the most random, weird name. Yeah. That was just a pun. And I was bored on a Sunday a couple of years ago. And it is Paranorman. Yeah, I, I've, I, I don't think I've ever watched this film all the way through. I've seen parts of this film, but I don't think I've ever actually watched it all the way through. Uh, that's not because I didn't want to watch it. I mean, <laughs> I just happened to see parts of the film when I was around somewhere. I can't remember. I remember enjoying the parts that I've seen. I remember seeing it was quite dark. And obviously Paranorman is very in that kind of uh, stop motion. Like It's not necessarily, is it? It's, I, it's I yeah, stop it, motion. It's stop, I didn't know if it's stop motion or if it was like the CGI version of stop motion. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's, I think it it, is stop it's motion. one of the, it's a stop motion, but um, it's one of the first ones to use like a 3D color printer. Yeah. Um. So I'm not sure whether that means that when they did it, they used like a 3D printer to make the models or what. I don't know what it is. Yeah. But it's um, it's I was a... thinking of the production company because I know that they've got lots of the uh, like I think that Cuba and uh, Kobo and the two strings Coraline box truck like yeah. Coraline was one that I almost chose. Um, they've done lots of those kind of like they're again it's highly critically played. Most of the films they make are like top notch. Yeah, and this and I just put it on because I was like I don't usually watch films like this, you know, um, because I was just like. I was just bored one day, and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna put. I'm just gonna stick it on. The yeah. worst, like, I mean, if it's shit, I don't have to watch it. And I, I genuinely found it to be really charming. Um, so it's kind of about this boy called Norman, if you haven't guessed. <laughs> <laughs> Old school name as well, which I respect. <laughs> just something paranormal happened. Yeah, right? <laughs> something paranormal <laughs> does happen. Um, so yeah, again, it's got some good voice actors in. So you've got, um, you know, you've got Cody Smith, who's Cody Smith or Let the Right Finn. One In, Let the Right One American In, remake Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Yeah. Um, he was he was Nightcrawler in uh, one of the X Men in the, some of the newer X Men. I said let the right one in. That's the original. He's in Let Me In. Let Me remake. In. Yeah, uh, but still good. <laughs> yeah, Joe Jodell, uh, Micah Furland, <laughs> Bernard Hill. Oh, classic. Yeah, classic Bernard. Um, Anna Kendrick. You know Casey Affleck, Christopher Mintz, Plass, McLovin, <laughs> and that was kind of where this was around when he was at. It. You know, at the peak of McLovin. Yeah. But then he kind <laughs> of the peak of McLovin. <laughs> but he did kind of step into a lot of voice acting stuff, and he's he's he, he has is got, quite he's good. Got at quite it, a, he has got quite a standout voice, though. He's got um, he's quite distinctive yeah, in his yeah, voice. That's um, what I meant. Distinctive. Yeah. It's not standout. It's Jeff, yeah, Jeffrey Garland. Yeah. Um, and it's it's just a it's just like a strangely charming film. Um, 
it's it's about a boy who can see ghosts um it's set in massachusetts as well and it kind of has that whole witchcraft kind of vibe to it halloweeny town um and it's about you know this um this boy who can speak to um who can see ghosts and he can see the undead um and his his um his uncle tells him that you know you gotta you've gotta recite this chant um and stop this curse from happening and it you know it fails because the school bully stops him you know what you know how those school bullies are man yeah they stop us during our uh necromancer chants um <laughs> and then obviously the dead rise and it's kind of about him going back and looking at this you know finding a way to stop it but it's also got an underlying story there about kind of witchcraft and the salem witch trials that sort of stuff yeah um and it's just a really nice charming film um it's one of those things where yeah again it's a horror comedy but comedy is the main thing you know a lot of the zombies that we get you know whilst they might they're after our you know whilst after our hero norman (laughs) then you know there's no gore there's nothing like that it's slightly the you know the tim burton approach to it where some of the characters kind of look gruesome but yeah. you know if if i had a horde of undead coming towards me i'd be cacking my pants <laughs> if they were you know bright green and kind of looked like they're looking paranormal i'd probably be all right you know <laughs> it's that kind of thing where well it's like it's like the dry corpses but they've got like holes through them but yeah. possibly little parts fall off and things like that it's yeah it's sometimes used for the comedy though isn't it it's like yeah. the yeah the arm falls off and then they pick up their hand off it like yeah all the, ha- all the hangers crawling <laughs> some of that you know yeah, yeah and it's that kind of cutesy thing and it's a uh it's a you know it's a it's just it's got a moral to it at the end of the story you know which yet again like you said um whilst this doesn't have any musical numbers in within a lot of kids films we do get i mean and obviously in adult films as well but you get it more in kind of children film you get more of a kind of blunt this is the lesson this is the moral of the story yeah, yeah, you know? they yeah. kind of beat you over the head with it almost yeah. because like you can't really subtly go about it because yeah. it's about because you're dealing with children yeah you know? it needs to be a clearer message yeah and and yeah. kids do you know do look at films and they do take some inspiration from it and stuff like that but it's got like a you know it's got a positive message about kind of accepting who you are and accepting people for what they are kind of thing the well the, to be fair the, the animated films that are the strongest are tend to be the ones that don't try to shy away so much don't try to yeah don't try to talk down to children so the ones where they just constantly have goofy characters and constantly have like um creatures that speak gibberish you know what i mean things like that or where it's just played as like just it's only toilet humor and not much else those are the ones that tend to be a lot weaker. Yeah. Um, the ones when they actually try to deal with some adult themes and things like that, like death and, you know, or, or even where, like, it's more accessible and it means, you know, and then as we've said about the whole innuendo and stuff, there's the case of, like, it's a case where you can sneak in sex jokes, you can sneak in adult jokes, and the adults will get it, so the adults will enjoy it, but the kids will also enjoy it because it looks bright and colourful and yeah. the, the action's fast and sometimes they might get little parts of the joke but you're not like talking down to them. Yeah. And we get a, we get a lot of shitty children's animation where it's just basically bright colours and 
characters that talk and go, hey, let's go and do this little adventure and we're like walking down the street and, oh, no, Mr. Piper stole my paper or whatever. We're going to go and get it back. I don't know who Mr. Piper is. But... He, he clearly stole your paper when you were a boy. He's the local, yeah. Oh, he's, the local, he's the local paper stealer. Oh, Mr. Piper. He's the local bo- He's the local man that gives all the piping. Oh, he is. <laughs> um, but, yeah. the, um, but anyway, like that kind of like yeah. dead, like basic stories or you've got ones like like paranormal or corpse bride or um you know or even things like say the incredibles or things like that where yeah. they're, they're trying to tell more of a story that adults that seems more relatable not just to kids but adults mm-hmm. and you're not just talking down to them being yeah. like you know oh this is a, a silly zombie who's just constantly making silly noises and falling over and it's like that's not like yeah it's actually trying to be scary and not just trying to be oh yes they're uh they're okay, but you know they're nice. They're actually just a friendly zombie that's just trying to, be, you know. Yeah. Who, who, why? <laughs> yeah. There's why do we need there. that? There needs to be more there. You but know? what's also kind of great again about this film, and it was slightly controversial when it came out, but it featured the um, the first gay character in a mainstream animated film. Oh, so yeah, so in one of its final scenes, I believe Mitch, who is the, I believe Mitch is the school bully. Um, the one who stopped uh, Norman from uh, completing, you know, his his much needed. Um, I can't even think of the word. Fucking um, <laughs> uh, his much needed ritual to stop the yeah. zombie from rising. I didn't even try to help you there. <laughs> no, you didn't. You left me. You I just left me stranded. <laughs> um, played by Casey. When I Affleck. take over this podcast and yeah. put you out, kick you out the door. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's not the bully, it's... Uh, Casey Affleck's It's character. Casey Affleck's character. His 20-year-old brother. Ah. His 20-year-old brother. It, oh, yeah, yeah, no, I, I, actually, I do, because he looks like... He's, like, blonde, big, he's, he wears, like, a tight white tank top kind of thing. I do remember that. I think it's that character, isn't it? No, I, I can't remember. It's as well, isn't it? It's this one. I uh, think... No, he's got a girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, no, it is him. It is him. Yeah. yeah, I thought it was. I always got him confused with the bully. Yeah, because um, the... the, the is it the sister character or that character? She's constantly like going after him, but he's not it's, really interested. In it's, like, rather like he's it's, not really noticing her. It's his girlfriend, but not not the sister character. Otherwise, that would be incest. No, not, not, not for Norman. I don't mean Rich's sister. I mean, not only is Pamela Norman's sister, no. who is the one that's constantly. I thought, is that not the blonde one? Not, um, not, not only is it, is Power Norman the first one to have a gay character, it was also the first one to promote incestuous <laughs> relationships. But no, um, so Mitch is his brother, and then. She's just a random lass, I think, who wants the pipe. Where's this girlfriend or something like that? <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, but overall, it's just it's just a fun film. And the weird comparison is every now and then I stumble upon these animated films. Yeah, and I wouldn't watch them usually. Like I say, I don't have kids. Um, you know, I don't really know many people who are into these films. They're not my kind of films that I'd watch. But I find myself stumbling into them. Like once me, uh, me and my friend Chelsea, shout out, went to go see a film and we went there and they were like, oh yeah, this film's not on anymore. So they were like, you can go see this film. And we were like, yeah, fuck it. We got silly world cards, we'll do it. And it was an animated film about Will Smith getting hit, turned into a pigeon. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. And then... Um, I just, I've never watched that film. I have no it, idea if it's any good. It was alright. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's a there was the, um, Mega Mind that I watched with Will Ferrell. I fucking love Will Ferrell. <laughs> Will Ferrell. Yeah, 
Mega Minds is cool. I think yeah. Mega Minds is great. The but humor in it. Is I wouldn't like... watch it on its own, but I just flipped onto it on TV yeah. one day, and then I was like, oh, I watched like five, ten minutes, and was like, I'm actually going to watch that. Yeah. The... And I stumbled on Paranor- Paranorman. Stumbled on I stumbled on him, <laughs> and it turned. It reminded me of when I went to the cinema and I watched Jimmy Neutron. Oh yeah, you know it kind of had that funness to it. Yeah, kind of I weird. I liked that as a kid. That film weird, it kind TV of dip series, in. wasn't it? But yeah, it was the movie version. But I liked. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so that is my second one, and I would definitely recommend that. On to you for number two. My number two. Okay, so mine's, um, I mean, mine I've kind of, I have left mine open between two versions of it purely because it depends on how accessible you find one version or the other. So this is something that's from my, um, very much from my childhood, possibly was my favourite TV show from my childhood, but it's also been made into a modern day film, which isn't bad, not exactly perfect for me, but it would be perfect like for some people would absolutely love this as a horror Halloween film. Uh, and that's Goosebumps. Nice. I was thinking of Goosebumps. Yeah. So that, like, so this is why I'm saying that like, I decided to go, I'll, I'll say a bit about both purely because it depends on generation. I, I have got, I've got the DVD box set of the original Ghost Goosebumps TV series. Yeah. I think it's on Netflix on the kids part. Some series. Uh, this is UK, there. obviously, but yeah. um, I think it was, but, um, but obviously I do know at the same time that the nostalgia that I remember for the show doesn't completely match up to the way it's stay. When I've watched some of the episodes, not all of them, but some of them have not aged well. No. Some of them, like the acting is stunted, the you know, the 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 way it's shot just looks so dated, you know, things like that. But that doesn't mean that in it, one, quite often kids don't really care about those kind of things. No, they don't notice so. them as much. Like they don't always notice the, the the older style. And two, some of it is legitimately scary. Just like the books you know, if you want so to read, go and read Goosebumps as a kid. Because I'm like, I, I'm a teacher. I, I think I'm one of the two teachers to be like, look, there's a Goosebumps section in my bookcase because I love Goosebumps. Goosebumps I don't care. Awesome. You know, I read it when I was this young, so they'll love it. And my kids love the freaking books because yeah. they pick them up all the time as long as they're all right with being a little bit scared. Because even they say it's scary. But the books are because they have that weird kind of slime-like cover, don't they? You know, yeah. Like the, I always remember the green slime, the yeah. orange slime, and the kind of purple one. Yeah. Um, but they were, yeah, I, mean, I remember reading those before going to bed, and they were incredible, just great stories, man. And the yeah. film itself, um, it's 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 just a fun film, and it has the introduction to a lot of kind of great kind of horror characters from the yeah. the, the series. So, you know, yeah, you've the... got, um, I always want to call him Chucky because it's the name of the doll, but you've got the doll... His name, yeah. Uh, the doll, um, uh, he's literally the name of the title of the book, and I'm um, Slappy, uh, Slappy, Slappy the doll, yeah, Slappy, um, yeah, and he had several like stories about him, yeah. And on the TV series, he got several episodes as well. And he was, you know, as introduction to a character, he's like, before you get to Chucky, you get Slappy, you get Slappy, (laughs) yeah, you get Slappy, then you get Chucky, yeah. And like it is the introduction to dolls are creepy, and anyone at any age could watch that. Those like if we're talking TV series, then anyone could watch that TV series episodes with Slappy and be like, that is freaky. Like him talking, but also the weird little doll that kind of <laughs> creeps around, kind of thing. Yeah, you know that that's creepy. That's not your whole mind of when you see creepy dolls and toys and things like that. You're like the old Victorian dolls and stuff, and you look at it and go, yeah. 
I would not like to walk into the shop in the middle of the night because those are scary as hell. Yeah, they're in just a creepy. weird, creepy way. And like, yeah, so with the the Jack Black film, um, yeah, I, I mean, I the first time I watched it, I didn't like it, but I think that's because I was putting too much of the fact that I loved the original books. And because of that, I would much rather have seen a series of films where they a- adapted the actual books and not just yeah. it. But then I rewatched it, and I, uh, and this wasn't recently, but of, uh, like a, a year or so ago. And I was like, oh, actually, you know what? I was too harsh on this film because it's actually a lot of fun. It's it's and J- it's not Jack Black actually purely being Jack Black. He's kind of very toned down because he's yeah, he R. L. Stein, he? isn't he? He actually is R. L. Stein, the author of the books in the film. Um, and obviously, he's also not the main character. He's like a, just a, like a side he's, character. Yeah, yeah. He's, he works as a supporting character, you know. Yeah. And it does it. At, I mean, it has an intro. Like I said, it has an introduction to stuff like the werewolf, you know, which is a horror. You know, it's a classic horror story. Yeah, it's a classic horror character, and have, being able to have that introduction to it at a young age and see them as a bit scary, but not like not making a kid watch something like The Howling. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? I mean, it had because it had versions like anything like the headless. It had like a version horseman, of the headless yeah. horseman where it had like the pumpkin head kind of thing. It has the abominable snowman, things yeah. like that, like old like stories. You know, it had a version of everything. It had a creepy sponge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who doesn't want a creepy sponge? But the, the sponge was a weird, like, back in the, this is the TV series, but the TV series had a weird, like, the episode of that, I remember being legitimately like, fucking hell, that's weird to be under my sink. What kind of yeah, monster the hides monster the with teeth under the, like, the sponge under yeah. the sink? Um, and, you know, it had little links to all of these classic characters. So, I actually saw it as this is fun because it kind of opens up the world to Goosebumps. It kind of opens up that yeah. they get to see all these different characters playing together, like playing together on Rampage together. And it is much more that. It, 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 this is very much in the, this was made for children. This, yeah. You know? And obviously the Goosebumps ones were as well. But at the time, I think some of them got a little bit more risque because we had a lot of TV, uh, TV shows with kids back in the day. Are you afraid of the dark? And things yeah. like that where they'd go. But I'd say the TV series is probably at times darker than the film is. The film's well, quite definitely. lighthearted. It's it's more like the monsters on a rampage. I wouldn't necessarily. I, I know it will be scary to toddlers, young yeah. young children, but it won't be like it's not terrifying in scenes. Even though Slappy's quite creepy at times. Slappy's always a voice by Jack Black as well. Actually, nice. Slappy. Um, there is a sequel to this, which is not as strong. I've seen this. It's sequel. a bit more. It's a bit more basic. It kind of feels very much like we're we're treading the same ground kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I mean, as I said, I would love for them, I would love something like Netflix to pick up Goosebumps, Goosebumps. and just recreate the classic TV series format. Each episode, would, we have a new story each episode. Well, I did, think that Disney would Plus perfectly. would. Um, Disney Plus are adapting an R.L. Stein story, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, obviously sure Netflix did recently as well with Fear Street. Oh, yeah, they did. How yeah. can we forget that? Yeah, Fear Street. <laughs> so the R.L. Stein is on Netflix radar, so I'm hoping... Yeah. I don't know who owns the because obviously the films did all right, so Wait, they still is, may be making more of those. Is he dead? I think they were going to, No, he's still alive. Is he always he, he, he's dead? He cameos in both in the films. Oh, fair. Um, but yeah, there were just some episodes, and for me, like the standout ones, I used to have them on video yeah. on VHS. Um, I had to clarify that, you know, just <laughs> know. Um, and um, I used to have the, my favorite was the haunted mask. Oh yeah, the haunted mask was. You know, oh. it just worked so well, and I've I've rewatched it, and yeah, I'm, I'm not saying that some of the kids are so you know the acting's not amazing, but the the reaction and the girl uh, Carly, I'll always remember this because I watched this on repeat this 
like I think I wore that videotape out. Yeah. Um, but it's just so so creepy about the fact that she's a, a child who really kind of wants to scare other people because she's always getting scared by yeah. bullies. Um, and then she where when she gets this mask and it is a scary mask, yeah. but it's more the when it starts attaching itself to her face yeah. and you see it, the skin and she's pulling and pulling and the skin's pulling with it. And I like the idea that that could suddenly start to attach itself and be stuck. And she's trying to get free from it. I mean, there's literally just a scene that plays out for a couple of minutes where she's literally trying to tear yeah. it off herself and she's screaming and it's like, this is quite intense, you know? Um, but still for the most part, there's also a, you know, a clear kind of message underneath it with bullying, you know, well, bullying and things like that, and the way that other people could feel about themselves. If you, you know, if you treat someone like that, this is how they could feel about themselves. The mask is just in place of, you know. Yeah. Um, but it's. Um, it, but yeah. They, so they are, um, you know, that's just the way that they kind of feel about her. And um, with, you know, there are other obviously great ones. There's one where someone, where they have, cookies and it turns them into monsters um calling all creeps yeah that's my creeps, right? that one is that's, that's legitimately awesome. creepy and scary that's awesome and has man. it has such a dark ending because it's it the, they end up turning in the end don't they yeah so there's no like and that's some of the episodes ended like that and well, that's why i kind of i loved it because it it didn't always try to have a happy ending it was all it, they were a, a lot of the stories from that time um so stuff like, um, you know, scary stories to tell in the dark, goosebumps, are you afraid of the dark? There was always one I remember where it goes into a movie cinema at the start. I don't know if it was gruesome stories for gruesome kids. Oh, yeah. that's. that's a, that, I think I that's loved it. That was the animated one, though, wasn't it? The, yes. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. But a lot of them had these ca- cautionary tales of be yeah. careful what you wish for and that yeah. kind of stuff. So. What you know, the calling all creeps was incredible. Um, well, there was one welcome to camp something which was also terrified me. There were so many of them, I haven't, I mean, I haven't yeah. watched them for a long time, no. but I know some so of them. So, are you afraid of the dark? Has recently actually had a reboot, I haven't seen it, yeah. I don't know if they've toned it down or anything like that, but yeah, those moral stories of whether they should do it attack. The one you just came up, gruesome stories for gruesome kids. I absolutely love that. In fact, it was only I think five years or so ago when at one point for some reason they were showing them on ITV like in the middle of the night, and and <sighs> I watched them back and was like, God, these actually were really dark. Oh, mate, the opening like, used to scare me. You know, he's it looks creepy and he's like eating worms, and you've got the spider who yeah, the spider's the one that looks scared of the guy behind the projector. Yeah, and you got um and you got things like bugs. You know, just getting smushed, even though they've been like little animated creatures yeah. as if they were alive, which is not what they normally do because it implies that they were alive to the children. And nope, smashed, yeah. smashed. And like you had like little stories about kids who, who like who were like snotty nosed little children who had like a bad attitude to everything. And by the end, they're normally like, and they were never seen again. Yeah, I haven't seen them. Yeah, I haven't watched it for so, so long. I, I'm sure it's probably also like YouTube. It it's, will be. It's bad. it's it's. it's Again, that's another kid's fit. Have a look on YouTube. Have a look on this video. See if you can find some of these. But there's a whole range of these things that are just fantastic, like, if you want things for your children. But I think, weirdly, I think our generation probably learned good lessons from this show. Probably. <laughs> Instead of boring them saying you shouldn't do this because of that and giving, like, videos about safety on things, these taught us not to do certain <laughs> yeah. things. It was like, okay, yeah, we won't do that because... 
otherwise we'll turn into a row. So <laughs> yeah, that's such a class. <laughs> you know. Uh, so yeah, I I mean I adore Goosebumps. Goosebumps is like is my childhood basically. Yeah, Goosebumps. I love Goosebumps. Between the books to the TV series, it's what I want. And I know back then it used to be on a like more of like a cable network. So I it, only when it was on BBC did I get to see it. That's I what to, I saw it. And well. I only got, so when I used to go to my grandma's and she had Sky back in the day, and I was like, I loved it every time I got purely because I got to go and watch like, like, um, you know, Goosebumps and like the Jackie Chan story, like Jackie the animated Chan Adventures, adventures awesome. and all those kind of ones. That they got all the new episodes, whereas we were just like repeating old episodes. Kind of yeah. Thing. So that was my love of children. It was like Fox TV or something like that. Like yeah, the channel. I, I, I always it. wanted my parents to get sky yeah so i could watch jackie chan adventures <laughs> but i never could jackie jackie <laughs> uncle um well i guess we'll move on to my last one move on now this is one that i watched when it came out so i was five years old um would i let a five-year-old watch it maybe um and this is definitely this is i i've seen the image now i didn't look away like rob did before this is so this is my second tim burton film yeah and this is, I think it's just an incredible film yet again. It, it's Tim Burton yet again during his prime. Um, it's filled with incredible um, actors, whether it's in cameos or, yeah. you know, la- larger this is, roles. This is like, yeah, this is possibly the most packed actor-wise of Tim Burton's films ever. Yeah. Like, this is just a roster of huge... This is after it come off of, like, Oscar nominations for, like, Edward. Yeah, uh, when he was at the you know this is peak Tim Burton, but he might be more accessible to a wider audience kind of thing. Um, yeah, and it is Mars Attacks, yeah. and I always remember <laughs> it. And the reason why I I think it's so such a great family friendly horror film is it, it introduces people to stuff like sci fi, and it it has that kind of nineteen fifties B movie feeling. Oh yeah, um, so it's I think hundred percent inspired yeah. by that. It was 97 it came out, I believe. And I remember, you know, renting it and watching it at home with my my parents. Around that time, maybe a little bit later. And I was terrified. Um, and watching it back, it's no way near as terrifying as it was. But it introduces kids to this kind of alien threat kind of thing. It, it kind of, it dips its toe in sci-fi, in horror. Um, you know, this this is a great kind of doorway into getting into stuff like the X-Files and, you know, yeah. um, cl- close encounters with the third kind and stuff like that. But it has this fun to it as well. Like a lot of Tim Burton films and like a lot of these kind of B-movie stuff is it just has so much fun to it. There is, there's elements of kind of gore. Yeah. Um, I'll always remember Jack Nicholson getting his finger bitten off. Um, I mean, this is uh, of all the choices, and including my next choice, this is the one that would possibly push the boundary between like it's up to your discretion. Yeah, but I also think at the same time, I totally get that this could. T- I would have probably watched this at a young age, and well, yeah, I totally we get would. that this would have been because yes. So there's a few, in my mind, there's a few in Mars Attacks that kind of point out. Obviously, when people get blasted into rays and you're left with their skeleton, and yeah. Like, I mean, that's a bit, it's a bit cartoonish. So it kind of is like, a, yeah, that's know, the thing. And this is the thing, like, yeah, the bite off finger is probably the most gruesome bit because then it drops into the fish tank. Yeah, nice, and the it? fish nibble. Um, and I think we also get, we get the, is it, is that with the, uh, the, the thing that kind of 
goes through people, doesn't it? The yeah. spike that kind of goes through. Yeah. Say like who or where that happens to. Uh, but we do get a few where people are kind of dismantled mem- like parts of their body. But yeah. the ray kind of is kind of what I think makes it mainly like the biting off one. Yeah. And there's a few little sexy maybe scenes or things like that. Uh, yeah. There's sexual you know, implications. Like, um, Sarah stuff, Michelle, you know? uh, not Sarah Michelle, Sarah Jessica Parker, her head. Like, yeah, kind of just dog. being ahead and Pierce Brosnan. Like, this, this is another thing. Like, li- listen to this cast. If you had this cast, that Jack Nicholson, Glenn Close, Pam Grier, Annette Benning, Pierce Brosnan, Danny DeVito, Martin Short, Sarah Jessica Parker, Michael J. Fox, Rod Steger, Tom Jones, Natalie Portman, <laughs> Jack Black, and I've uh, missed a few there, but still, yeah. like, seriously, that is a stacked cast. And I think there's a few other cameos that are missing from that Probably, list as well. Man. But it's such a it's such a stacked cast, and it has this. I don't know. It just has like such a a funness to it you know when um when the you know when the martians die they die very cartoony yeah, when their heads blow up blowing it's all, up and yeah it's green and it's uh using the country song isn't it like i love that i love yeah. that kind of um and it it, it it is very much more comedy like you said b-movie yeah i would say so it's not it's almost some it's, of the spe- special effects are almost put there to be like kind of look a bit fake and a little bit like you like know, people getting it, zapped it, into it's bones. It's funny. It, like I mentioned the Ed Wood thing before, and it's actually quite funny because obviously Ed Wood was about you know one of the worst B movie kind of or lower than that movie ever made by a director that made you know um, uh, what's it called from out of space um, oh, like, like considered one of the worst films ever made. I can't remember what the first part of the name is. Something from out of space. Someone out there will know it. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, it's based on that. And it, his follow-up, I'm pretty sure this was like the follow-up to it. Yeah. And it's basically him then making his idea of what, like, not the worst film ever made, but what a classic B-movie would look like in modern modern day at that time anyway. Um, yeah. No, I, like, I literally... Yeah. Until you put that on the screen a minute ago, I almost forgot that this film existed. Oh. And now that you've said it, I really want to watch and it. And me. I... I, I'm literally now like thinking, I might watch this tonight. Because I'm now like, I forgot about Mars Attacks. And this is that this is probably my favourite choice out of any of <laughs> my choices. And it has a such, it it just has these people who just get, who just get killed off, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, so many big see actors. Jack just Black, just... Michael J. Fox just, Killed straight away. Yeah, Paul Winfield. And, yeah, yeah we, we forgot. We didn't even mention Devito was in it. The yeah, absolute king. Uh, yeah, and he's he's great at this. He's like uh, that scene where he's like joking around with Tom Jones, and Tom Jones is actor. <laughs> Tom Jones just fuck, like fuck. Tom, Tom Jones, Jones is great in this film. Yeah. And that was Tom Jones at his height of his powers as well. Yeah, it was. Sex he Bob was had huge. just been fucking released. It was just yeah. about to be released. Yeah, and it, I was well, fucking uh, vibing. Dan Devito doing the old. Um, uh, I can't forget the lyrics off the top of my head. Not unusual. Not unusual. That's the one. Not unusual. I was yeah. thinking a different lyrics. That's why. <laughs> yeah, that's why he read it's completely different. It's not unusual, different. but yeah, you've got Diana Vito doing that little dance with him, kind of. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. Um, it, and it's actually, yeah, it's weirdly, it is actually him going away from his usual cast as well. Yeah. Because apart from Devito, Devito obviously Batman Big Devito, returns. Yeah. And, you know, he, he, Devito's been in plenty. A lot of these other actors have not been in many Tim Burton films. I mean, I weirdly and yeah, actually, I was just looking. I was just I was intrigued because of the uh, because yeah. of the budget, um, seven, like seventy million, and it made a hundred. So I was thinking that weirdly, even though I had such a stacked cast, this I don't think I remember this being actually a huge hit. No, I'm surprised think it was. by. I know it's weird and alternative, but seriously, like. 
it was also, I think there was something about the fact that it was released around the same time as Independence Day. Yeah, potentially. And people saw this as, is this meant to be a comedy Independence Day or something? Yeah. Are you just mocking like a film? And I think it was just a case of bad timing. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. But it, I remember it, like, I really hope I don't go back and change my mind on this, but I remember it. I, I remember absolutely loving this. I watched this loads as a kid. Like, it's, when I was a kid. It, that's it. It's just so much fun. It's just these, it's just such a random, strange film, you know, like you get, um you you just get tom jones just randomly in it yeah. and as himself i mean the, I all this weird the, stuff you know, it's like you've got the dog with different body parts and yeah you've got the the i just keep thinking of the sarah jessica parker and pierce brosnan on the spaceship where their heads are like rolling around and stuff yeah and like, i love you as the ship's going down and yeah even this is one of like michael j fox's last like main like before yeah he, like before he had to kind of stop for a while um, and I remember him being great as like the reporter kind of character and things like that. So, you know, and it's also, I think, because his dude, character gets killed off and he's, he's, he's like, early. Michael J, but Michael J. Fox is like the character that it defies expectations as well. Yeah. His character is the character that is like, um, in films, it's like by that point, he's such a nice and lovable character. He's never the character you would kill off. No. And yeah, here he is, like, yeah. early, like, yeah, I feel like going into. I, I feel like yeah, you may have brought one up that we might have to come back to. This uh, yeah, <laughs> and I I love when the the boxer dude is just swinging on them. Oh yeah, yeah, like, absolutely knocking them spark. Yeah, <laughs> it's so good. It's such a great film. I would say, you know, if you've got a kid around eight or ten or something like that, it's probably great for that age range. Yeah. It's probably not too much younger because, like I said, there is some. There might be a few, but at the same time, because it's so bright and colourful, I do feel like a lot of other children would just be like, "Yeah, don't really, <laughs> yeah, don't really recognise a lot of it because you know." So yeah, no, it's a. But you know, it's just such like a fun film. I mean, I'll always remember the finger bite because it was terrifying. Um, yeah. But it's, it's like a moment. Awesome. In, in a lot of these, there's been a moment. You know what I mean? A moment that kind of stands. Yeah. Up. Uh, that's that's my final recommendation now i would definitely <laughs> that's a great choice you should go out. and watch the yeah so you know again it's perfect uh ha- horror halloween viewing yeah um yes it's like it's very much more b-movie sci-fi isn't it but it it's is, got but... it's got those scary moments and it perfectly balances between what could be a a family kind of watch for something a little bit scarier than just a standard yeah you know, and if you're young then that's it it's kind of it that's it's an for young people for both genres really yeah, sci-fi and horror isn't it but no that, that one i think i surprised you you did surprise me back that, the that is a that. good yeah you that's the, the probably the most surprise of like <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's how that sounds bitchy yeah. <laughs> you've surprised me in a while yeah <laughs> but no that's uh it's it's more because i literally I guess I used to watch it all the time. It's almost as if I forgot. Like you get so used to like back in the day when you'd see things on TV because Mars Attack did used to be on TV a fair amount back in the day, kind of thing. So it was like yeah. used to like you'd know remember it because of that. But the more and more we go away from the standard, like if you don't see it pop up on like a streaming service and you don't watch live TV as much, you kind of forget like anymore, about them. You forget about ones that would just pop up. You forget about films because there are so many fucking films. Yeah. <laughs> um. Right. Okay. Mine. Um. So. I had a film. <laughs> I had TV slash film. Yeah. And now it's just TV. Okay. <laughs> and it's something that I watch every Halloween. Oh, and I, I love it. What it is. I think, yeah, you will know what this is. It's The Simpsons. And yeah. it's The Simpsons Treehouse of Horror. So classic. It's just a perfect 
it's just to me it just is the most perfect example of how to introduce your kids to horror yes like any any good animation it is adult in themes at times and there are some things they won't quite understand but i was watching the simpsons from a very young age when it was yeah. still you know and, and and at an age when it was still doing like in, inappropriate things in its early like fantastic like 10 seasons yeah. plus kind of range you know um and it's not just it's not just that it's the simpsons which is already in a great show and stuff but they do the horror element of this they it's do. like a treat every year like, yeah it is it. and it's not that i know like some people if you've watched like i've watched pretty much apart from the very i think the last maybe season or two i've watched pretty much most of the simpsons yeah which is not <laughs> i don't know if there are that many people anymore that can say that no. uh, but i've watched most of the simpsons and um although the treehouse is horrors the modern ones are not always as consistent as they used to be there's normally like one great story and a couple of okay ones yeah. whereas back in the day they used to absolutely nail it like every like horror like you'd want them to cover yeah it was fair i mean you would get stuff that uh, it was really topical um so i've 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 i'm sure i heard that this year they're doing a power site one um, yeah they are you know so the, it was it was a mixture of these kind of topical stories or topical films, horror films that have been released that year and a kind of Simpsons twist on it with kind of a classic story, you know, or something that, like I always remember the one where the, the I can't remember, I haven't watched Simpsons for years, but the <laughs> aliens invade, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, uh, when they come in, like, Cog and which Krog is during, uh, yeah. during, like, it's like President, uh, President Clinton and, um, and Al Gore's uh, yeah. running when they were running, so you know, around the mid nineties. Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, and he's like, and they're they're enslaved, and he's like, well, don't blame me, I voted for Krog or whatever <laughs> it is, you know. And it's just they have all of these kind of great stories that always end slightly menacingly, like the the fly. I always remember the fly one. Yeah, you know? and it's just when they like mix it up. Yeah, yeah the classic into like the, the way that they have like the little Bart with the flies, the, the fly little flies head, Bart head. And then they've got the the bug that's trying to go around and eats the fly butt like, yeah. version of him. And then at the end, they kind of settle for something in between, like yeah. kind of thing. Um, yeah, it, it, it's comedy. It's not straight up. You know, it's Treehouse Horrors. It's The Simpsons. It's still comedy. But it's, one, when it's at, it was at its peak, it was funny. And it could have moments that were really, like, creepy. The one that I think I always used to find quite, like, creepy, uh, but also really fun um, was one of the segments obviously like it, it, the one thing it is hard to remember is because i've watched so many of them it's hard to pinpoint i know it's like at a certain season around it but which segment fits into one complete oh, three yeah. episodes it's hard for I me to remember to know that. but the um it's like the nightmare kitchen one where it turns out the um in the school the uh, lunch lady oh, yes. Doris is uh killing like uh, blending up the kids for meat. Yeah. So like that. it's like um it, uh, Uta, the German exchange yeah. student. <laughs> They're eating. The but, teachers are eating. Yeah, he's eating like a chocolate, like chocolate or something, because he's, he's a large he's a boy. Big lad, isn't and, he? He, and I think like Principal uh, Skinner gets like a taste, like like a t he like pulls so off him, and then it gets a taste of it. And, Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> and then the next day, it's like. Oktoberfest yeah. and Utabau, oh, yeah. Utaverse, and they make some comment about it, don't they? And it, but it, that one's dark because it even has a bit when like uh, Bart and Lisa start getting backed up, and you see the huge grinding mincer. Yeah, and like it's like it's okay. Like we get into these problems all the time. Something will come and save us. They always come and save us. It's like us free. It's like that, and then Milhouse falls from behind and gets completely <laughs> blended up. It's like 
but nothing will happen to the Simpson children. <laughs> yeah. And then it does end with them falling in. Obviously, I think it turns out to be like a, a then we go back to like whatever links we have a link between the episodes normally, yeah. whether it's Bart in like a Hugh Hefner style coat going around an art gallery, like yeah. into madness or things like that. And they have ones where like they they obviously obviously they build on classic. I think probably the one that most people see as the most classic episode is the Shining inspired one. Yeah, you know uh, when when it Homer goes mad purely because he has no TV and no beer, no Duffy, yeah. no beer and no TV make Homer uh, something something. Yeah, and then she's like she has to bat at the top go crazy and it's like don't mind if, if I, I do, do. <laughs> and then he knocks himself out by looking at his own reflection with a scary face and it's just like yeah it's perfect for the homer character but it's it's hilarious it, it's so funny and for me it is just for me because i got so used to it it's like it doesn't quite feel like halloween or even halloween day because on channel four in the uk they used to have halloween day <laughs> i completely forgot about that Go crazy? <laughs> Don't mind if I do. Yeah. <laughs> just, that's what I mean. When it was at its peak, it was absolutely fucking hilarious. Yeah, and it's uh, and it still has its moments now. But back then, it was absolutely like hilarious. Uh, but they have the um, I lost what I was, <laughs> that's where I was going with that. Um, I'm trying to think of what um, I I've lost. I've completely. I'm lost leaving you that. hanging. Yeah, there. I was going to say. I'm just like, oh, where, what was I talking about then? Um, Anyway, back to back to the uh, the yeah. Treehouse of Horror. Anyway, they have um, they just have episodes that are just so like they either have ones where they've used classic stories or they've kind of made up their own little stories. Yeah. You know, as most people say, when The Simpsons tried to go a little bit off the rails was when they started bringing in more and more celebrity guests. Yeah, and it kind of overran. And there are some where we've had like. Halloween ones where they had like Hugh Laurie and stuff like that, which just didn't work quite as well because it just seemed a bit like, uh, yeah, it doesn't quite work. It was like a stranded boat one. Um, but it's not all of them. But if you watch any Treehouse of Horror, like the, even the, um, I think it, the second one they ever did, uh, the, no, the first one they ever did is The Raven. Yeah. With Bayard Gow and Poe. Yeah. And they just recite it and it's, 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 it's atmospheric and it's creepy. And then, the other episode in the first ever Treehouse of Horror was one when they move into a new house. It's kind of Amityville horror style. Yeah. But except it's got like, they're on an ancient burial ground and like the, kind of the, the walls bleeding, but they kind of have fun with it. It's like, you know, it's like Bart going, make the walls bleed again. It's like, I'm not your, <laughs> you know, he loves it. So he's like, I'm not your slip. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you are. We own you. Do it. Yeah. Bleed. <laughs> like things like that, or like a portal to another dimension and they're yeah. using it for trash. <laughs> yeah. They... Like they keep like the note comes back saying, yeah. Stop throwing your trash, trash at me. <laughs> yeah, they were so fun, wasn't it? And always one thing I always used to remember and always used to get excited about was the opening of the Treehouse of Horror. Yeah. Was would change every year and it would be interesting just to see the Easter eggs and to see what was happening. There was yeah. always one I one Treehouse of Horror segment I would remember where they it was it was kind of like a night of the living dead thing, but I can't remember it exactly. But I remember there being loads of zombies, and the zombies that they had would be characters that had been in it zombified. And yeah, it, yeah. It was always cool to kind of see that stuff. Yeah, know? I mean, I think they've done it with a few times. There is a very early example in like this is in the first couple of season when they did a zombie one, and it has one of my f- favorite lines ever, where it has. Um, I think it's that they open a book in the library and that's why the zombies start coming out of the yeah. ground. It's like the first one they do pretty much a traditional like Night of the Living Dead. They've done like like uh, post-nuclear wars kind, yeah. of kind of ones as well and yeah. monsters and stuff like that. 
But this is one when it's literally like they're coming through and it has Homer with this classic hero moment where he's, he, as as the kids are running back to the house, Homer pulls out his shotgun and starts blasting the zombies. Yeah. And then he blasts them all and he blasts Flanders. And then he goes, Dad, you could, like, Dad. <laughs> They're like, oh, Dad, you killed zombie Flanders. And he's like, he's a zombie? Yeah. <laughs> it's just moments like that. Just like, uh, I, I remembered what I was going to say before. Okay. It was the Channel 4 back in the day. On Halloween night, it used to have a block yeah. where it would play The Simpsons. It would play several episodes of The like, Simpsons. And as I got things, I think I got Sky, you know, then Sky would like, pretty much do a marathon of The Simpsons, horror yeah. trios of horror episodes. And back in the day, I used to have the DVDs. Some of the first DVDs I ever got were the Treehouse of Horror, like where they had a random like selection of like four yeah. or five episodes on a DVD. And I used to collect those. So it was just me. Like I, when I was a child, I used to collect the DVDs and the seasons of the DVDs. Yeah, and I grew up doing that. And I, I got really disappointed when they stopped doing that because I had like, oh, shit, I've got 19. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's such a crap stage to end on. But yeah, it's not just that Simpsons was another huge part of my childhood, but also... More than any part of The Simpsons, I loved The Treehouse of Horror. I well, just they think, were just I mean, I mean, I say I love. They still are going, and there are still some good ones. Um, but you know, I, it's just it's not never quite the same as when you watched it as a child, getting to see that for the first time. No doubt. And they absolutely like the animation stuff. It's not like even the early seasons. It's not you know, you know, it's it's dated a little, but it's not you know, it's, yeah, it's, not it's still as watchable so. ever. And I think you know. I think that this is, if you're with your kids, then this is like the perfect way to introduce it. It's funny for adults. Yeah. And the kids will love it as well. Yeah, you know? definitely. So, yeah, that's that's my choices. Um, I don't think I had many in terms of, um, so we always go to like discussion from people outside. But yeah. I don't think I had many this uh, for this episode. I did, I think I did write on our Instagram uh, at CMTH podcast. <laughs> um, well, I didn't put it on Twitter because, like I said, I've been busy getting ready to go. Um, by the time you listen to this episode on Halloween week, I will be returning to the UK. <laughs> yeah, I thought you were going to say, by the time you listen to this, I will be gone. I will it's be like, gone. Yes, Rob will be dead by then. I will, will be dead. fully have gone to hell. <laughs> ready, to, ready to rise on Halloween night. Yes, I don't know. We didn't uh, We didn't actually cover this one. I thought I'd put a post up, but I didn't. So that's a failure on my part. Uh, but no, we haven't got one for that. Um, so I think the only other thing is, um, have you got any Have you got any honourable mentions? Ones that are good to watch, but we haven't mentioned them. Because this isn't like going to be a regularly recurring kind no. of feature. So it's kind of a, once we've done it, unless there's an amazing kids horror film that comes out, then we'd mention that in more of an episode maybe. But um any others that popped your mind that are like kid friendly or kid scary or not not really any that popped into my mind that i was thinking that i could have put um one i was thinking about was potentially hotel transylvania um yeah because mainly because it has more of an more of an introduction to the early um yeah the you know, early kind of horror like to the, to classic the universal the monsters. Classic universal monsters you know it gives kids an insight into them you know you've got dracula frankenstein the werewolf um uh, the invisible man you know you've got all these kind of fun universal characters and you get to see them in a different light even though it's you know comedy um but it it was more like it's quite good it's it's better than i actually thought it would be when i first heard about it mr adam sandler but um, yeah it's quite good it's quite an enjoyable one as well i think it's it's on its fourth one now well it's doing well but that was 
that's the main one that kind of sprung to mind for me, to be honest. What about yourself? Yeah. Well, obviously, I mentioned earlier things that we like avoided, and you know, yeah. Hocus Pocus was a big one. There's also another one that people seem to love, Disney one, which I watched last year, and it's more of a, I guess, because I didn't watch it when I was younger, but because it was more of a TV movie, it's called Halloween Town. And apparently there's a huge fan base for these films. I, but I, I watched all three of them last year and like the first one's all, it's all right, but it is literally, it's your classic, you know, it's like the T- Disney TV shows or Disney TV movies or Fox TV movies of kids ones that we would watch back in the day. Yeah. You know? It's like, if you watch it now, you know, it's like, this looks really dated now, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like really dated, but I know people out there love it. Um, I had, so just a list of a few. One that was actually nearly one of my choices was The Witches. Okay, yeah. I was, um, that terrified me when I was young. Yeah, that it's mainly for that one, like, one key The transition scene, scene yeah. Yeah, Angela, Angela Houston, Angelica Houston, sorry, as that, like, is terrifying. The remake is actually not that bad either. Anne Hathaway's hamming it up a bit, but it's quite, like, it actually adds a bit to the story that I kind of like. It's a bit of a campy film anyway, isn't it? Yeah, it is a bit of a campy film. Um, I had the classic Dark Crystal and Labyrinth. Oh yeah, the yeah. creepy. All oh, the creepy puppets. All oh, the puppets are creepy. Yeah, <laughs> you know, scary. You know, uh, just like terrifying in that way. And then my final one, which was again, it was me switching back and forth, uh, was uh, Casper. Yeah, I was. My brother actually suggested Casper, um, yeah. and I remember watching that when I was very young. And yeah, it's it's got a kind of child friendly element mostly, hasn't it? But it's also got the the casper's brothers who were just kind of bell ends yeah bell end ghosts <laughs> um, yeah, exactly it's got a ghostbusters cameo in it with yeah Dan Aykroyd getting chased out like who you're gonna call someone else i remember like, that yeah it's in there um, i just i i really remember that's another film from my childhood i just was like i really loved it um whereas the witches where i'd say although i love that scene in the witches when i've rewatched it I don't love the witches as much, whereas Casper, it has a really nice emotional, like family, yeah. warm-hearted core to it. It does. But it does have a lot of spooky haunted house kind of moments and things like that. Yeah. And it even has a point where where, where they die, like one of them, like the dad dies. Yeah. So the dad dies, and they have to kind of make that choice of it. So it has those kind of darker themes and moments. So I remember really liking that. Um, I can't remember the name of the guy in it. It's the guy from Final Destination. Oh, Devin Sawyer. Devin Sawyer. That's oh, yeah, yeah, he plays like the he plays like the human version the of human. Casper, doesn't he? When yeah. he turns him into a human. Yeah. And then they have to make the choice because then his dad, Bill Pullman. Yeah, Pullman. He's the one of the bills where you always like, is it Bill Pullman, Bill Paxton, or Bill? Yeah, you know, yeah. You know what I mean, it's one of the many. One of the bills BP, that Bill Pete. Like they're like, he's like, ah, he's nice but forgettable. Is what they kind of call yeah. him, like that kind of joke that runs with him. And Christina Ritchie, when he again yeah, Christina uh, Ritchie. around the same time she did uh, Adam's Family, <laughs> yeah, which is also another classic. Yeah, you know. but yeah, no, that was just the ones that I thought. Ah, oh, yeah, those are also great choices. I mean, ours might be a bit more toned. I'm sure there are probably good ones from more modern day, but you know, we're, we're children of the '90s and we like our '90s cinema. But two know? of mine were very modern. Yeah, they were actually. Yeah, well, not actually well, very Cor- modern now. Corpse like Bride actually, old. yeah, Corpse Bride is close to us. Paranormal, that was like 2012. So 2012, yeah. You're, you're, you're being modern with I'm being a modern boy. Go. A modern boy, and uh, I had the modern goosebumps. <laughs> yeah, so we're, we're not quite dying. We're not ancient yet. yet, yeah. Yeah, well, we hope you've enjoyed this episode. 
um, if you have um, and you've got any family friendly horrors that you always watch or you'd recommend come and uh, tell us on Instagram or Twitter at CMTH podcast. This is also us formally inviting you to join us at the campfire um, on Halloween this uh, Sunday. I believe Halloween's on a Sunday this year, isn't it? Um, it to, is. to join us for some more campfire tales. Um, and if you've enjoyed the show, hit the subscribe button and leave us a review. And we will see you again soon. Bye-bye.